information protection processes and procedures. Ideally and preferably, your organization should run on established policy standards and procedures that you have. And these documents will govern your entire organization, all the staff, um, vendors, and volunteers in any individual or company that represent your brand. So the first step of establishing this program, you should uh, develop and maintain a baseline configuration for all your IT systems. And if apply, if it applicable to you, also your OT systems, your, your operation technology systems as well. But I'll focus on IT system for today. Uh, I'll, although the same principles will apply to OT regardless. So having those in place, establishing the minimal security uh, controls and configuration that your organization must have in place so you can create sort of a baseline. Sort of no, it is a baseline. But that image that you will be using throughout your organization is to establish any systems. And you will have one for Windows, one for Unix, one for Linux, and what have you, including network devices as well. And having those as a minimal secure baseline where you start building your uh, applications on top of it. Having those, it will establish um, a minimal security throughout your organization and having that image to be deployed across and that will serve for your internal systems and also for your cloud uh, systems as well. That is imperative, uh, the first step to establish an information protection program. Now with that comes changes over time. So what you need to do to have in, uh, something in place to control those changes, that is your configuration management. Now, configuration management is a larger topic and we'll only focus on the ones that addresses changes to the baseline. Now, these are have to be in place. Every time you touch a system, you upgrade a system, you start an application, have to go through these configuration changes. One is to establish that it was installed correctly. The other one is to make sure that any alterations to your baseline image is documented and monitored. So this way, there's no deviation over time and you are sure that the controls you put in place are still in place and are currently effectively protecting your organization and, and, and try to avoid assumptions that, well, they might be in place. Well, if you lose track of it, that becomes a challenge. So having a governance model that addresses the change management process is key and critical for this to work. Now, there are three roles in the change management process that you should have in place. One is your configuration manager. That individual will make sure that uh, the change occur and they have uh, a place to test out a backup solution, make sure that the, the system uh, is, the change is successful, the application becomes available, the system becomes available, and so forth. The second role is your baseline manager. That individual will be focused on to make sure that the your baseline do not, does not change with the implementation of your change. If it does need to be documented, that deviation. So that individual will be focused on only the baseline uh, impact of your change. 
And the third and final individual you should have in place is the verification manager. And that is basically once everything is done, that third individual comes in, make sure the system was booted correctly, make sure the operating system is back and, and communicating, make sure the applications are available for the customer and so forth, basically validating those changes. And in addition to if you're implementing a, a security setting or a patch or make sure you make sure that it was successfully implemented, you at that point, you even can pull evidence showing that here's the before, here's the after uh, change, and that will be too sufficient for your change manager program and also serve as a uh, potential audit evidence as well. Those three individuals are key. The now, if there were changes to your baseline, uh, either um, you predicted the change or you need a change afterwards because you know it, you was not successful, the change you made you will require change in the baseline most likely. And you need to open a port, you need to uh, start a service that, that was shut off because of security concerns and so forth, whatever the case may be. You need to monitor those changes, that, those deviations. The only way to, to make this happen in a, in a matter that is, is governed is to leverage your standard exception processes. And, and you put a standard exception in place go through the normal approval process, risk rating, get the signature and sign off of the appropriate individual management level, depending on the risk rating of, your, uh, of, of the change, of course, and make sure that is documented. And then turn it on uh, that service or that port or what have you, and then implement your change again and see if it, it, it works at this time. This way, using and leveraging your standard exception process is a way to one, monitor the risk, have a sign off in case of an event that your organization is aware is signing off on the risk to do business as usual.